Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch. I'm AJ, AJ joined as always by my co-host with the most Carson. And Carson, holy crap, do we have a lot of stuff to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, I'm going to save the long-winded intro yes. because the trade deadline has come and gone. A lot of things have happened. Of course, there were a couple of trades that broke right after we had start we had stopped recording Friday's episode. Yeah, because that's yep. just how the baseball news cycle works for us. But I'm you guys know this is my favorite time of year. Uh, I'm so excited to get into all of the trades that have gone down. Yeah, so we're calling this trade deadline madness part two, um, because well, spoiler alert, we've got trades, trades, and more trades to talk about. Um, yeah, so let's, I mean, let's get right to it. So we're just going to kind of run through, you know, the bigger deals that were made Tuesday and and then sort of pick them apart and um, probably dish out some hot takes. So um, I, I think the one that, I mean, it's right at the top of the list, uh, Carson, is Justin Verlander reuniting with the Astros uh, and the sell-off has officially begun for the Mets. Yeah. Um, pack your things. If you're, if you're a Mets fan, um, yeah, the, and you know, it's, it's hard to see because this Mets team has so much talent, like we've talked about. Um, but one thing that I found very interesting AJ is that, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Scherzer or Verlander who had said something about it. I think it might've been Max Scherzer. Uh, but he had had conversations with uh, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets. Um, yeah. And he basically said that Cohen basically told him, hey, we're not going to be very active in free agency this year. We're, our eyes are kind of on, um, are looking t- more towards 2025. And that was kind yeah. of the, the, I think, the decision that made Verlander go to Texas. Um, and obviously, you know, Justin, or Scherzer, I should say. Um, but Verlander did land in Texas, uh, just a different part of Texas, landing with the Houston Astros again. Obviously, phenomenal move for the Astros. Um, get a piece of your, uh, get a piece of that pitching rotation back that was that was a solid part and a huge part of being a World Series contender. Uh, for the mm-hmm. Mets too, they don't, you know, the the Mets got some solid prospects back in this. Uh, Drew Gilbert, who was Houston's number one overall prospect on the MLB pipeline, comes into their system and becomes number four in their system. And Ryan Clifford as well, um, who some people actually were um, in doing research on on these guys. Some people were actually a little bit higher on him uh, than they were on Drew Gilbert. So a solid return as well for the Mets. Yeah. And as much as I loathe seeing Verlander go back to the Astros, because after last, you know, after he left uh, after last year, it was like, oh, finally he got out of there. Um, yeah, I mean, this there's not really much to argue about with this deal. It's a good deal both ways. It's one of those rare trades where both teams, uh, you know, come out, um, you know, end up on the better end of things, I guess. Uh, obviously, the Astros pitching staff has been decimated by injuries. Um, and just, 
man, I, I just, I feel, I feel so bad. I feel, I feel awful for Mets fans um, because, and again, we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it basically all year. Last year, the Mets were really good. You know, they won, you know, hundred something games. They almost pulled off and, you know, um, I mean, they, you know, had the, the troubles in the NLE standings last year, but, you know, they got into the playoffs. They looked like a dangerous team. Of course, they ended up ultimately losing for, to the Padres. But but after, even even with the end, how last season ended for the Mets, Carson, we all pretty much looked at the Mets going coming into this year and went, okay, they've brought back basically the entire team. Uh, they added Justin Verlander. This Mets team is going places, and they just couldn't put the pieces together. Yeah, pretty surprising. Um, and you know, we took it. We heard it from the owner's mouth that uh, they're probably not going to be very active in free agency this upcoming se- uh, off season. So, yeah, uh, could we could be in for some for some dark days uh, for for Mets fans again? <laughs> uh, oh man, poor Mets fans. Um, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on there in the Queens, uh, particularly uh, what happens to Buck Showalter um, at the end of this year. I I don't know. Um, I don't know if we'll see Buck Showalter back at the helm of the Mets last year, uh, next year. So anyways, um, yeah, so that's the. That was kind of the that was the one that I went. Wait, what? Verlander's what? Um, another pitcher involved in a move. This oh man, I love this move so much. Even though they're so the Orioles uh, went out and got Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals, um, and it's weird because I really I love this move for the Orioles, but I also hate this move for the Orioles because uh, obviously they're a division rival in my Red Sox, but. Um, Carson, if Jack Flaherty can get back to his, you know, 2019-ish form, uh, this is a blockbuster move for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I absolutely love this move for the Baltimore Orioles. Very much a low-risk, high-reward move. Um, Obviously, you know, there, there are still some decent prospects going back the other way. Um, yep. These are Piet, Prieto. I uh, was ranked number 16 uh, in the Orioles system. Drew Rom was ra- ranked number 18, a uh, left-handed pitcher, and then a right-handed pitcher in Zach Showalter. Um, and, and, you know, that says a lot because the Orioles' prospect pool, as we know, is very deep. Um, it is. So yeah. those are those are still some solid pieces to, uh, to give away, but I absolutely love this move for the Orioles. Um, Jack Flaherty, I think, could have used the change of scenery um, so yep. I think that him going to Baltimore, uh, he'll slide in, I think, perfectly with that rotation that they've got, only bolstering it that much more. Um, and like you said, when he's healthy and if he can get get back to that um, get back to that form, uh, the, the Orioles will officially be classified as a I don't want you on my side of the bracket team. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the Jack Flaherty's had, you know, the last – two, three years. Yeah, he's had the injury concern. I know, by the way, um, 
little bit of breaking news, I guess, here on the eighth inning strike. Jack Flaherty made his Orioles debut today. Um, strike struck out eight Blue Jays over six innings and helped the Orioles to a six one win. So so far so good. Um, one maybe one thing to one thing to keep an eye on. Um, Jack Flaherty, a free agent at the end of this season, so. Uh, that will be that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on uh, for the Orioles and their fans. Yeah, absolutely. And for Jack Flaherty too, you got to treat this as almost like a prove it type of situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I yeah. as good of a pitcher as we know he is, uh, he's he's had some some health issues and some some things going on with his pitching as of late. Um, that, you know, he should still be a sought after free agent, but maybe not as highly uh, as he would have at the beginning of the year. So this, this is a great chance for him to improve his own stock as well. Yeah. I mean, if he goes out for the, you know, there's what, two months ish left of the regular season. And then the playoffs, obviously, and the Orioles are obviously going to be in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, it's put up or shut up for Jack Flaherty. If he goes out and pitches like the Jack Flaherty, we all know he can be. Uh, yeah, he's going to get himself paid in Baltimore. So, um, no, awesome, awesome, great move. Great move for the Orioles. Um, as much as I was kind of bummed that I was kind of hoping either Flaherty or Montgomery were going to come to the Red Sox, but that didn't happen. So, anyways, um, some of the other moves made. Um, Blue Jays acquired Paul DeYoung from the Cardinals. No surprise there with the injury to, uh, to Bo Bichette. Um Another move, another one, another move that I looked at and went, and this this might be my most, um, geez, I don't know. This might be my most underrated, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but this, the, the Phillies going out and getting Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers, as crazy as it sounds, Carson, this might be my most sort of under-radar, you know, under, underrated off-the-radar move of, of the whole deadline. Yeah, we talked a lot about Michael Lorenzen um, as somebody who should be last time, yeah. who sh- as somebody who should be looked at a lot more on the trade market. Um, and clearly, because I was championing them last season, the Philadelphia Phillies are fans of the eighteen <laughs> stretch uh, because they yes. heeded our advice and uh, acquired uh, Mr. Lorenzen. Had to give up a pretty, pretty, pretty hefty price to get him. They did in uh, how you leave their yep. number five prospect. Um, so, and, and he's kind of been a, been a utility guy as of right now in the minors. Um, but, you know, I think this is a great, great addition for the Phillies um, in a rotation that kind of needed some, needed a little bit of a boost. Uh, this will perfectly, this will be a perfect move. He'll fit right in, I think, into that Phillies rotation. Um, and be on the lookout because they're they're coming now. Yeah, I mean, we talked about we've talked about it a bunch of times how the Phillies needed pitching help. Um, yeah, Mike Lorenzen, he was an all star. Is uh, was an all star this year. Um, a three point five eight ERA in nineteen starts, which you know you kind of look at three point five eight, but then you go, oh right, he was playing for the Tigers for most of the year. Sorry, Tigers fans. Um, but in five starts, here's a, here's a stat for you, everybody. Uh, Carson, in five starts in the month of July, 
uh, Lorenzen had a minuscule 1.14 ERA. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Um, and that's fantastic. Also, a, a little bit of breaking news on my end as well. Um, just saw this come across my my X timeline. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Clifford, in his first at bat in the Mets system, just hit a home run. Oh, oh, there you go, Mets fans. Um, yeah, I love Lorenzen to the Phillies. Um, yeah, we're going to come back to the Padres here in a second. Um, another another move that I love that I guarantee you all, my Twins fan co-host is not, uh, the Marlins. The Marlins making moves, and I love it. The Marlins went out, and they got Josh Bell from the Guardians. Uh, they did give up Gene Segura, but um, I'll... I'll take, I mean, no no disrespect to Gene Segura whatsoever, but if I am the Miami Marlins and Marlins fans, I will take Josh Bell every day of the week. Yeah, this trade <laughs> kind of broke my soul a little bit. Um, great addition for the Marlins. Um, honestly, though, AJ, this one kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I did not think that... I mean, you know, the it didn't so much surprise me that the Marlins acquired Josh Bell. It more so surprised me the price that they paid to get him. Um, mm. Because Segura at this point is basically a non-factor. He was released very shortly after the trade was announced. Yeah. Um, but the big, the big piece that I kind of focused on here was Khalil Watson, who was only drafted two years ago and was the 16th overall pick by the Marlins. I don't know about you, AJ, but for me, that seems like a really big price to have to pay in order to get, and again, no disrespect to Josh Bell, but in mm -hmm. order to get Josh Bell, that just seems like a really big price to pay. It is a lot. Yeah. 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 Especially because Watson, uh, let's see, seven, six, has played 60 games this year, um, 727 OPS. Uh, with nine home runs and 14 stolen bases. So, yeah, a bit of a steep price. And in related news, uh, another deal made by the Marlins. Um, this one, this one a little more, um, I guess make a little more sense. Um, they went out and got Jake, uh, third baseman Jake Berger from the White Sox, which Carson gives the Marlins some much, much desperately needed power in their lineup. Yeah, you talk about your your most underrated move being Lorenzen. This is my most underrated this, move. Yeah. Um I am a massive fan of Jake Berger. Um I, I guess you could say I love Berger. Um <laughs> but I really nice. like this move for the Marlins and him coupled with Josh Bell. Those are two big power bats uh in the lineup. Yep. And again, a solid return too for the White Sox. In uh, Jake Eater, who was their number Eater. number four prospect in Miami, uh, prior to prior to the trade, uh, came back from Tommy John surgery earlier this year. So um, still is a little bit of risk involved with with that, as there always is, it seems, with Tommy John. But uh, I really I love this trade for the Marlins. Yeah, this is um, yeah great, awesome pickup for the Marlins. Um, like I said, they needed some, they definitely needed some pop in their lineup. 
um and they got it um all right man there are just so many so 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 many of so many moves um let's see here so we already talked about the astros let's talk about the texas rangers for a minute um because the texas rangers were busy at the lineup at the deadline too uh making themselves even better and even scarier for the rest of the american league um well first they went out and got catcher austin hedges from the pirates um which helps because jonah heim currently on the il um notably though hedges not necessarily hedges isn't really known for his bat um but he is i mean i'd put him top three probably in the best defensive catchers in baseball carson and like we always say come october you know when the leaves turn and we're playing playoff baseball to the two things that get it done in october pitching and defense yeah absolutely really like this move uh for the rangers like you said jonah heim lands on the il needs some help behind the dish uh and hedges will certainly do that um, not only a good defensive catcher, but again, one thing that we've talked about that's very underrated with catchers, uh, Austin Hedges is a great framing catcher as well, able to frame pitches kind of where you want them. And with two aces like Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer uh, on the mound, will they will certainly have no problem being able to get plenty of strikes to go their way with Hedges behind the plate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. I mean... If you can't, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you'd like to have Jonah Heim, but, uh, you know, Jonah Heim injured. Um, and and also, I guess, from the Pirates' point of view, a little bit of a the Pirates seem to be in sell mode, which, um, you know, kind of bums me out considering how they started this year and, and where they are now. So uh, that's, that's kind of a bummer. But, oh, and in other news, uh, the Rangers also traded for some guy named Scherzer. I don't know if he's any good or not. Have you ever have you heard of the Scherzer guy, Carson? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's he's not too bad from from what I've heard. And let's let's also not forget in in another move that I absolutely loved. Uh, they also acquired Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals. Yep. So only only another pitching piece, not only for the starting rotation, but another quality bullpen arm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you. You go out at the, I mean, this is a, I mean, we've, we've heaped praise on the Rangers all year, but I mean, this is just, this is, this is going for it. Um, I mean, you go out and get Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery uh, to, I mean, obviously Scherzer is Scherzer and Montgomery, you know, one of the best. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, <sighs> I don't know, man. Like we've talked about the Rangers all year, and are they, you know, are they, are they a, you know, a legit, you know, are they legit? Are they a World Series contender this year? Um, I, I, for most of the year, I've kind of had, you know, I've sort of had this, you know, yeah, maybe let's wait and see, you know, how things go, whether they can keep up, you know, the pace they're on. But with the additions of Scherzer and Montgomery. And even, you know, in Austin Hedges, like we talked about, one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Um, I'm on my, you know, big board. I'm moving the Rangers from maybe World Series contender to legit World Series contender. 
A hundred percent. I think if you don't have them as a World Series contend- contender, uh, number one, you're probably an Astros. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're an Astros fan, and uh, you might be. You might be banging on some trash cans with Max Scherzer's head on them. Oh, bringing up the trash cans. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. I mean, just so many. Um, I think. Yeah, I think this is a good. Yeah, let's let's take a break because. We haven't even, I mean, so much, so much to unpack. Um, and we're just barely getting warmed up. Lots of, you know, tons of more trades to talk about um, after the break. Uh, more selling by the Mets. Um, and my move, my trade of my, my best move of the trade deadline. Um, and it might not be... It might not be what you all are expecting. Let's just put it that way. Um, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D O O D S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, we are in the midst of our trade deadline madness part two. We're running through all the trades that went down uh, on Tuesday and and sort of picking them apart. And um, so I teased a little bit before the break. Uh, my pick for my the best, you know, sort of my best trade of the trade deadline, I guess. Um, and it's not, I know you're all, I know, I know, I know you all. And I know what y'all are thinking. I know y'all are thinking he's going to say it's going to be the Diamondbacks. No, it is the Chicago Cubs, Carson, because we talked about this last time. We talked about how the Cubs are on this crazy hot streak and they had that big dramatic win over the Cardinals. And, um, and I said, you know, hey, let's, you know, Come on, Cubbies, just go for it. Like, you know, make some moves at the deadline and go for and 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 go for this thing. Um, and my pick for trade of the trade deadline uh, is the Cubs acquiring third baseman Heimer Candelario from the Nationals. Yeah, certainly a solid solid pickup for the for the Cubs. Um, kind of kind of a quieter deadline, I think, than than I expected from the Cubs. Um, yep. Certainly, Candelario is one of the most talked about bats on the market, um, and so obviously the Cubs did, you know, did what they needed to do. Uh, parted with a couple of top level prospects themselves in shortstop Kevin Made and uh, pitcher DJ Hers, of course. But um, you know, that's that's the price that you, the price that you have to pay. And uh, you know, Heimer Candelario was always, I think, a guy that was going to be traded. Um, yeah, signed only a one-year deal with the Nationals. It's a team that was clearly trying to tank, um, so yeah. we we all kind of knew uh, that he was going to be a name that came up, um, and so now he gets a chance to to try and help the the Cubs get into postseason contention. Yeah, and fun fact: uh, Jaime Candelario is a former Cubs prospect um, who played. Uh, played with them back in 2016, you know, the year they won the World Series and in 17. Um, hitting 258 with 16 home runs and 53 RBIs, not 
really stats to write, not really a stat line to write home about Carson, but um, I just, the reason I like this so much is one, he's a former Cubs prospect. So he knows the system. Uh, He knows, I mean, obviously the Cubs, the team has changed since 2016, clearly, but he knows the system. He knows Wrigley Field. He played a bunch of games back there, uh, played a bunch of games there when he was with the Cubs. Um, And I just think he's going to, one, I think he's going to slot seamlessly into the Cubs lineup, and two, um, getting out of uh, getting out of Washington and getting out of Nationals Park, um, I think, I just, I just have a really good feeling. I think he's going to thrive uh, with the Cubs and, and really, um, and really make an impact for them down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, like we, like we talked about, it's a, it's a, it's a solid, solid pickup for, for that lineup to, for sure. And again, another guy who, you know, this is a chance to really kind of raise his stock for his free agent. Yep. Yeah. Especially he's, he's a free agent at the end of this year. So, um, there, I mean, there's another example of the, you know, put up or shut up, um, kind of like we were talking about with Jack Flaherty. So, um, all right, let's talk about the trade that I know you all thought I was going to say was my move of the deadline. And that is my Arizona Diamondbacks. Yep. I'm still here. I'm still here at the, in the driver's seat of the Diamondbacks bandwagon, driving this thing all the way to the world series. Um, Carson, a, you want to talk about blockbuster moves. When I saw this, I went, I, I, well, one, I feel extremely vindicated because I've been saying all year that the Diamondbacks are, you know, people are going, oh yeah, they're good this year, but you know, they need another year or two. This, this, this feels like vindication to me. The Arizona Diamondbacks went out and got lights out closer Paul Seawald from the Seattle Mariners. And if there was one piece to me anyways, if there was one piece that, you know, the Diamondbacks needed to sort of, you know, um, you know, I guess to kind of push them over the top, it was a, it was a, a lights out shutdown closer and they got one. Yeah. I mean, they had been doing kind of closer by committee. Um, and yep. Paul, Paul Seawald is still one of the best in the majors. Um, and it made it made sense for the Mariners to part with him. Uh, because, yep. You know, as good as Paul Seawald is, they also have Andre Munoz, who uh, is very capable of taking on a full-time closer role. Uh, yep. Got a few solid pieces back as well. Josh Rojas is a solid utility guy uh, who can they did, play, yeah. play everywhere. Uh, Dominic Canzone, um, number 19 prospect for the Diamondbacks at the time, uh, started to kind of make his major league debut, uh, made it earlier this year for the Diamondbacks. Um, And then Ryan Bliss, who was their number 29 prospect, uh, has been going between, spent some time in double A and is now in triple A this season and uh, could very well not be very far behind. So a solid deal, I think, on both sides. Yeah, it really is. Um, and the other thing, well, actually, just real quick, um, Dominic Canzone uh, sounds like a character from The Sopranos. Um, anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. 
uh, hey, Dominic, you know, this guy, Dominic Canzone. Yeah. Anyways, um, the other thing about Paul Seawald, uh, he's in his in the midst of his second straight season with 20 plus saves. He is 33 years old. Um, but Carson, I think, I think this, in, in, in addition to being in not, you know, a lights out shutdown closer, Paul Seawold brings a much needed veteran presence to the Diamondbacks. Cause let's be honest, the Diamondbacks are kind of young. They're a young team. Having a guy like this, a, a, you know, a sort of a grizzled veteran, I guess, like Seawold, uh, you know, even though he's obviously not going to be an everyday player, um, that down the stretch of the season in the midst of a pennant race, uh, you know, fighting with the Dodgers and the Giants and the NL West, um, and, and obviously into October, um, you cannot, cannot put a price tag on that experience. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, you know, and again, this is a young team, so um, Seawald's going to be able to really kind of help out uh, with in terms of the kind of the postseason experience. Uh, he's kind of been there, done that as part of the Mariners, so it'll be very interesting to see how he shakes shakes everything up out there in Arizona. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And on and and also 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 um having a having that kind of closer in October uh I mean if you look back at the, you know, pretty much any World Series championship team from you know, I don't know, last freaking 20 years, uh one thing they all have in common is a lights out closer. Yep, absolutely. So this will certainly, this is certainly going to help the Diamondbacks immensely to have that closer, not only a steady closer, but that position locked down instead of doing it by committee. Because as, uh, as my Red Sox loving co-host can attest, closer by committee often does not work. Does not work. Nope. Never has, never will. Um, and I, Really wish teams would just stop doing it because it doesn't work. Um, the Diamondbacks made another move. Also, they went out and got Tommy Pham. Um, that, Carson, that I think we could put in our sort of underrated, under-the-radar moves. Tommy Pham, you know, he's kind of bounced around, you know, the last few years. But Tommy Pham is a solid player. So um, that's that's a nice that's a nice piece to pick up for the D-backs also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I Tommy Pham is, you know, like you said, he's kind of bounced around a bit, but um, I like that. I like Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks. I think he'll do well there. Um, well, let's see. We talked about the D-backs. We talked about the Cubs. Um, God, just so, so much. Uh, the Rays, the Rays were pretty active, but in true Rays fashion, I think, Carson, because we've talked about this before, you know, the Rays aren't ones to be flashy and splashy, but um, the Rays didn't really go after any big name, any of the big names, but the Rays were active, and and Rays fans are hoping that they, because the Rays have, the Rays have been in a bit of a skid lately, so um, Rays fans are, are hoping that, um, even though they didn't go after any of the big names that the Rays added in enough pieces to uh, sort of get them back on track. And they still have what is my favorite move of the 
technically it wasn't on deadline day, but of the deadline, um, going out and getting Aaron Savali from the Cleveland Guardians uh, had to pay a pretty steep yes. price in Kyle Manzardo, uh, the number 37 prospect in all of baseball. Um, but this is a team that needed to go out and get another starting pitcher. You know, they've already lost Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs for the year. Taj Bradley, who has been kind of a very highly regarded rookie, has struggled in his early major league debut. Uh, There's been reports out now that Shane McClanahan is dealing with some forearm tightness and might go on the IL again. Um, So this was very much a team that needed some starting pitching help. They knew what they had to do. They went out and got it from not exactly the most expected of teams, in my opinion. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, Savali has had been the guardians de facto ace basically because of injuries and things of that nature to Shane guys like Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. Uh, so a very yep. good trade, I think for both sides here, uh, Rays absolutely get what they need. Um, and Cla- Cleveland, um, takes a, advantage, I think of a, a little bit of a desperate Tampa Bay Rays team. Yeah. I mean, I think the, um, you know, we talk about, you know, trades, you know, winners and losers of a trade. And I think, I mean, the Guardians obviously probably didn't see themselves parting with uh, Aaron Savali at this point. Um, You know, they had sort of higher expectations um, for themselves this year. But um, yeah, I mean, great. It's, it's It's a good move all around. Um. All right, we need to. <laughs> well, we do need to talk about the San Diego Padres because I don't know what the hell is going on out there at San Diego. But first, we need to talk about the San Francisco Giants, who a team that we've been pretty high on most of the year, Carson. But they made themselves a splash and they went out and got outfielder AJ Pollock uh, from the Mariners, which might be yet another sort of under the radar, underrated move. Yeah, certainly. Um, certainly an interesting, uh, interesting move there. Um, but you know, AJ Pollock, a, a solid veteran guy, uh, very familiar with the national league West. Um, yep. so, yep. you know, will this will be his, his third team with the diamondbacks, the Dodgers, and uh, now the giants. So giants. Yeah. Um, I was, I was a little surprised the Giants weren't a little more uh, busy at the deadline, but um, I mean, the Giants are really good. So they, they seem to have taken the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. Yeah. I mean, you know, some other teams took that approach who shouldn't have, but um, in, in this case for the Giants, (laughs) Geez, I wonder who I wonder which team to which Carsey could be referring. Um, okay, we are going to talk about the Padres, I promise. But first, a team speaking <laughs> from a team that went it ain't broke, don't fix it, to a team that went it's very broken, we need to fix it now. Uh, the California Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. Um, I mean, they already went out and got. We talked about this last time. Um, uh, geez, where is it? Oh, come on. I had it. 
Uh, yeah, we talked about it last time. They went out, got Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox. Well, then they so so a little recap of the Angels' activities so far this this past you know week or so. They took Shohei. They affect. They took Shohei Otani off the trade market. They said, "Nope, we we haven't got an offer. You know, we haven't got an offer good enough. Uh, we're we're going to keep Otani. We're going to roll with this thing. We're going to go. We're going to go all in." Uh, they went out and got. They traded for Giolito and Lopez, and then Carson. The Angels went one step further and went and got C.J. Crone and Randall Grychuk from the hapless Colorado Rockies. Yeah, bringing a couple former Angels back into the fold. Uh, C.J. Crone, probably yeah. at his best when he was an Angel. Um, and Randall Grychuk, a solid veteran outfielder. Uh, who could very much help in the clubhouse, especially as well. Um, the Colorado got a couple of prospects back in Jake Madden and Mason Albright. Uh, Madden was the Angels' number yep. eight prospect, Albright being number 28. So adding to their farm system, um, honestly, I feel like this CJ Crone deal is one year too late. Um, I think they should have traded him last mm. year when he was absolutely on fire. But I hope, what do I know? Yeah, maybe, but I mean, CJ Crone has a 780 OPS and 11 home runs this year, and Grychuk has an 860 OPS. Um, I, I mean, let me. I, I feel bad for Jake Madden and Mason Albright because now they're going to be stuck in that rocky system, uh, and they'll probably get traded again next year um, as part of some deal because that's what the Rockies do. But uh, for the Angels. Um, yeah, CJ Crone and Randall Grychuk, this adds some desperately needed power, uh, to their lineup and, and some right-handed power, actually. Um, these are two really freaking good right-handed hitters. Um, and I, I think I said it last time, you know, when we were talking about the Angels and taking Otani off the market and what the heck are they doing? Um, as it turns out, it looks at least on paper. Carson, like the angels know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they're, they're, yeah, they're just honestly, going they're for it. One of my biggest winners, um, are, yeah, I guess, absolutely. I guess winners for now. Uh, but there is very much a big asterisk there of if Shohei Otani resigns. Um, but they're, they are certainly doing their yeah. best to, to really kind of make a push for it here. Um, which is what I think you, they needed to do. Uh, if you were going to try and keep Shohei Otani, I don't think they could have sat back um, and just kind of let let the mm-hmm. game come to them, so to speak, like some other teams did. Um, but but yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the Angels had a really good deadline, um, and I think you know it'll be again they they are tentative winners for me for now. Yeah, I mean obviously, like you said, it depends on on how things pan out and um, whether or not uh, they're able to make the playoffs and how far they go in the playoffs. And of course, ultimately that will determine whether or not Shohei Otani is an angel next year. Um, All right. I keep saying it now. We really do need to talk about the freaking San Diego Padres because I, for the life of me, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I have no idea what the Padres front office is thinking. The Padres have 
to put it not to find a point on it, the, the Padres have played like crap this year. No, you know what? Spotify is going to strike us, but I don't care. The Padres have played like shit this year. The Padres had all this. They went on this. They went all the way to the NLCS last year. They damn near got to the World Series. Uh, they finally got. They finally slayed the dragon and got and beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. And everybody thought. And then they went out and got. They went out and and traded for Xander Bogarts this winter. And everyone looked at the Padres and went, "Oh man, this team is going to be so good." Myself included. Um, I had them. I had them as as my uh, National League pennant winner. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. But they have not. The Padres have really struggled. They've not lived up to the expectations. And now, yeah, not only that, but uh, at the deadline, they also for got Mr. Scott Barlow, reasons unknown uh, to human comprehension, BG, Carson. They went out and get Rich Hill and G Man Choi from the Pirates. Uh, Kansas City uh, Royals. I'm sorry, but much what the hell? Or much worse than the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, very, very interesting move by the City Padres. Who, uh, <laughs> you know, first of all, Rich Hill at this point is the MLB's journeyman. Um, my goodness, <laughs> wow. has that man played for so many teams? Uh, honestly, the the G Man Troy, the Rich Hill moves confuse me a little bit. I do kind of like the Scott Barlow move, uh, a solid closer. It's just that um, he never really was given the chance because he played for, you know, the Royals. Yeah. Um, but gives a solid option for, for a good setup guy uh, for Josh Hader, who has once again been pitching out of his mind. Um, but yeah, clearly the Padres still saw themselves as in the race. They're only four games out of the wild card. So um, instead of kind of standing pat or, trying to sell they're they're going for it and i gotta respect it i i respect I, well yeah i just i mean I, I i when you put it that way okay they're I mean, they are one. They are a game under five hundred. They're fifty-four and fifty-five. When you put it that way, that they're only four games out of a wild card spot. Um, I guess maybe they looked at themselves and went, you know, we're not that far out of this thing. Let's try to, you know, let's try to make some moves and maybe get better. I just, I really, I mean, I didn't expect them to they're not bad enough for me to expect them to go full sell mode and trade, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto and, you know, all the other, you know, I didn't think they were going to do that, but um, boy, this is just really a, just really head scratcher. Um, I mean, I guess they're, I guess on the other hand of things, like kind of like you said, I guess it shows that, the Padres think they can, even though there's only two months left of the season, not even two full months, but two-ish months left of the season, I guess it shows that the Padres still think that they can turn this thing around. Carson. Okay. Um, appears we're having some technical difficulties, so 
let us take a quick break and when we come back we'll we'll put a bow on this thing and we'll try to get carson back looking for the coolest 3d printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs look no further than printer dudes check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code home run that's one word to save 10 percent off that's printer dudes d-o-o-d-s Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Despite all the nice things segment. I just said about um, acquiring had a little bit of technical Paolo, difficulty there at the end of the last one, but uh, good news, Carson is back. Um, I don't think so it was the smartest actually, this kind of to give works up out. This kind of works out perfectly um, as a segue. We were just talking about the Padres. Uh, granted, Paolo, I think um, so we're changing it up a little bit. The, we're we're playing by ourselves, but we're not playing by ourselves. We're going to winners or losers. And of course, we're referring to the trade deadline. I get that you're still in the wild card race. Oddly enough, at the top of our list are the San Diego Padres. So are the Padres winners or losers? <laughs> yep. Absolutely winners. Um, you know, getting Verlander back, I think, was, you know, despite having to pay a pretty big price, uh, which is what kind of comes with the territory when you're trading for Justin Verlander, but I think that was absolutely a phenomenal move by the Astros. Yeah, uh, absolutely yeah, I'm with a you. Winner um, just some really, yeah, really inter- <laughs> interesting choices, to say the least, made by the Padres for an office um, at this headline. Uh, next up, the Houston Astros, winners or losers? I'm going to say winners, um, not necessarily for the moves that they made, yeah. but, you know, I think standing pat for the Yankees was the right decision. Um, I don't think that, <sighs> yeah, they, you know, I, guess so. I don't think I guess they necessarily winners. needed um, to sell off I, pieces, um, nor do I think they should have really gone out and tried to in general by a vast um, amount. A team we uh, didn't clearly, really talk about, we haven't really talked about so far. The Cashman didn't, and Boone clearly didn't do a whole heck of a lot, which some um, reason, is baffling but, in and itself, um, but. Well, uh, I think, winners I think or losers, me, they're, the they're New York Yankees. For now, but um, that could very easily change. Mm-mm. The Marlins are an interesting one because I think that they, I think that they did exactly what they needed to do with this trade deadline. Um, however, I'm a little bit concerned about the price. Yeah. Uh, but at this at this point, I'm going to say winners. Uh, they you, they went out and did exactly what they need to do. Got some power for the lineup. Um, again, it came yeah. at kind of the a Yankees, hefty price, but um, uh, moves such or the lack price thereof at the trade deadline. To be a um, as I like to say, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Uh, the Miami Marlins, winners or losers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, okay. 
yeah, the Marlins are complicated. Uh, the Marlins are winners for the Jake Berger trade. Right. I love the Jake Berger trade. Um, he brings, like I said before, he brings much needed power to that Marlins lineup. Um, so that Luis Arise, you know, can rest his back a little bit from carrying the Marlins offense all year. Um, winners for the Jake Berger trade. Uh, but I will say, I'll, I'll say that they're losers for the, um, they're losers Two years for ago. the, um, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank? Jesus, who's the freaking Josh Bell. Thank you. Wow. Um, yeah, winners for the Jake Berger trade, but losers for the Josh Bell trade because of what they gave up, uh, specifically Khalil Watson. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, how do you, how do you trade a dude that has like you, like Carson said, who he was, Watson was drafted. What did you say? Two years ago? Yeah. You drafted the guy two years ago. You haven't even... I mean, the in baseball terms, you haven't even I, begun to honestly, see what this kid is you know, capable of. And oh, by the way, he had a 727 OPS, nine I, homers, I and 14 stolen bases in 60 games, which is pretty damn impressive for a third-year player. I just, which is crazy. I get, think about. I get wanting uh, Josh Bell. I get looking at Josh Bell and being like, yeah, he can help us. But if a guy yeah, giving up Khalil Watson. In reality, for me, that's that's how I have to look at this. Not a smart move. I don't think so. Um, all right, the California, Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim of California, winners or losers? Yep. Right. Yeah, I think they're. I think the Angels are kind of like you know, you were saying about the Yankees a minute ago. I think the Angels are winners for now. Well, let's put it. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. If there's a lot of ifs here, if 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 the Angels make the play, if these moves pay off, if the Angels make the playoffs, if they make a you know a a um, respectable run in the playoffs, you know I'm not saying World Series or bust, although might be pretty damn close. If they make the playoffs, if they make a respectable run in the playoffs, at least I would say at least get to the ALCS. And if Shohei Otani resigns this winter, then we can look uh, like back. Said, we'll look back at this the deadline and be like, oh yeah, Giolito, um, Lopez, CJ Crone, Randall Gratchak. Yeah, okay. The Angels, they they, they uh, got the job done. I like um, yeah, so I think winners for now. Uh, again, but just dependent with, you know, on what happens down the stretch, playoffs, and them not and knowing that Shane McClanahan the biggie this winter, um, and whether or not Shohei uh, Otani is an angel love next that year, deal, or if so he's I would a Boston Red Sox. Um, and last but not least, uh, winners or losers, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep, a hundred percent. Yep. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Um, they, I feel like, yeah, like you said, maybe one more starting arm. But other than that, I feel like they did exactly what they needed to do. Um, and they're definitely going to be a force to contend with in October. So um, I think we can just a couple yeah, little bonus I mean, ones here. I think we can to, both agree that the Philadelphia Phillies that. are trade deadline winners. Um, I'm pretty sure we can agree on the Phillies. Um, let's see. Phillies, Rays, the Rangers, definitely winners. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would call the Diamondbacks winner. Yeah, I, I think I would go as far as to say that the Texas Rangers were the trade deadline winners. Like, you know, if there was a championship for trade deadline winners, the Texas Rangers got it. I mean, you go out, you get Max Scherzer, you get Jordan Montgomery, and you get Austin Hedges. Yeah. Um, talk about a team you don't want to see on your side of the bracket. I'd call the Brewers uh, winners. Watch out, everybody. Uh, the I think Texas those are Rangers two are solid coming. moves. Um, know, the solid Diamondbacks, I think we can agree, are winners. The, to help out their lineup, and Andrew Chaffin is solid. Uh, for getting Paul Seawald. As well, so. um, yeah. Let's see. Did we miss anybody? Oh, um, we didn't actually really, we didn't talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, but the Brewers went out and got Andrew Chafin from the D-backs. Um, and in another piece that got sold off from the New York Mets, they got Mark Canna. Um, so Brewers, winners or losers? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I really like, uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew Chafin is, you know, he's an Andrew Chafin, but I, I really like the Mark Canna move. Again, apologies, Mets fans. Uh, we're just, just honestly, in terms of craziness, um, just keep out piling of on nowhere, you guys. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with salt in those uh, ones, so. Jordan Hicks um, going to the Toronto. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Um, uh, a bit of an abbreviated edition of the mailbag this time because we had so much other stuff off. to get to. I did not um, think that the I was not we'll do sure these three that the and Blue then we'll Jays see how we're doing major players for him. Funnily enough, the two teams also made another trade in getting Paul Young over to all right first up is violet from toronto uh there but, were a uh, lot of crazy yeah, moves that, made at the deadline kind of felt like but came which out of one nowhere. do you guys think was it, the of course craziest. after we were done recording friday's episode um i kind of sat up a little bit and went whoa hmm Toronto. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, that one is definitely up there. Craziest move. Um, geez, there were, there were some crazy moves. Um, craziest move. I, I think I, I, I keep, I hate to keep picking on the yeah, Padres, Carson, but Both of those the craziest, no, crazy in terms okay, of, I have, like, I, I can't decide, I have two. One is the Rich Hill G-Man Choi trade by the Padres, because I don't know what in the name, in the name of uh, 
insert famous Padres player here is going on out there in San Diego. Uh, and my other one, my, my, the other one I have is the one I just talked about the, uh, the Marlins giving up Khalil Watson for, for, uh, for Josh Bell. Yeah. Head scratchers. Um, craziest in turn i mean those are crazy i mean but craziest i think, I I think maybe in terms of like the astros uh, back for justin verlander i was trying to think of you know one that was like a crazy in terms of like wow i can't believe uh i can't believe they were crazy enough to pull off this deal but i really can't hmm. yeah i guess i guess i really can't i was trying to think of a like a Crazy in terms of like, holy shit! I can't believe they did this. Uh, that's crazy. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can think of one, but I, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Verlander, yeah, yeah, I'm that is go a good one. I honestly um, didn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have predicted that because answers, as much as the you know we talked about it, the Astros and their pitching uh, has been Paul just wiped out by injuries this year. As much as uh, they, the Astros needed pitching help, and kind of what um, we they yeah, were I did not do, see a Justin Verlander Astros reunion in the cards. So yeah, that one is definitely up there. Ben from South Dakota wants to know which team do you think did the best job holding on to a player player who could have been traded? Yep. Yep. The farm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm a bit ashamed to admit that I didn't even think of the Cardinals, but um, actually, the one when yeah, I, the I second almost, I read this, I almost wonder the one that immediately popped ahead, popped in my mind, uh, was the Chicago White Sox. Like I mean, yeah, they they in. obviously traded Lucas Giolito um, and Renato you know, Lopez, this is, but this has not been uh, the White Sox held on to Dylan Cease kind of and they held on facts. to Luis Robert. Um, and but, I think those yeah, Louis, are Louis probably also, those are probably for me, anyways, the best uh, non moves that were made at the deadline. Both very, very solid. Yeah, they were sellers, but the White Sox, the White Sox are also those, looking okay. to next year and thinking, okay, we can we can do some retooling over the winter. Could be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. This is a hard question because there are teams that are clearly trying to get worse. 
crap. Um, um, but in terms of yeah, in think, terms of the teams that have gotten yeah, better, Dylan sees maybe uh, not so much actually. Now that I think the top of the list, I think the Rangers have to be um, near the top of that list. But I think a lot of people had Luis Rivera in terms of teams that have gotten worse. Certainly, the Guardians have to top that list. Hang on to him. Sorry, I think that was a good non Josh Bellin and Aaron Madison from Michigan. Uh, which I mean, teams do you think have Mets, improved the, Mets, the most, and which uh, ones Mets, have gotten oh, worse? Mets fans, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I don't really know what else is, there is to be said. Um, and I think that the, you know, obviously the Colorado Rockies got worse by trading Roy C.J. Crone and Randall Gritchick, but I guess the, the good point, exactly, good point. Um, yep. So I guess I guess the big one that kind of comes to mind is uh, mainly the Guardians, just because they mm-hmm. are still in uh, the race for the AL Central. The Mets. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not that's not news to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, obviously we've talked about the Rangers. I mean, all the I think looking at the sort of looking at the standings and looking at all the big, you know, most of the big contenders, the the Rangers got better, the Orioles got better. Um, the Rays got better. Um, I think another, the Diamondbacks got better. Um, yeah, I think the Mets, the Mets have definitely have obviously gotten worse. You know, no Max Scherzer, no Justin Verlander, no Marcano. Um, the Pirates, uh, I think the Pirates, I think you can look at and say that the Pirates have gotten worse, um, which again, really sucks based because of how they started this year. Um, but that said about the Pirates, Carson, I think Pirates fans, I mean, they, we have talked a lot about this year, teams that are, you know, that we looked at and be like, oh, this team's going to be good in a couple, in a year or two. <laughs> and that these teams are good ahead of schedule, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, certainly. Um, but I think the Pirates, this, even though the Pirates have, you know, they started red hot and then just went off a cliff. Um, oh, hang on. Sorry, everybody. I uh, unplugged my headphones. One moment. Okay, there we go. I was getting so worked up and animated over here. I yeah, just knocked absolutely. my cord right out of my You know, while we're on the um, topic of teams who could have easily traded what was it guys, Oh, the Pirates, right. Um, I am not. I would not be surprised. Yes, the Pirates started red hot. They were one of the hottest teams in baseball for like the first month plus Brian of the season. Hayes and then they, Cruz. I mean, let's be honest, they just went um, off so the cliff. On the but for, I think if you're a Pirates fan, Carson, you can take solace in the fact that the Pirates, despite the trades despite the players that they sold off at the deadline, the pirates still have a really, you know, have a extremely talented young core. And, um, I think the 2024 pirates are going to be a lot of fun to watch.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, boy, what a um, – I think we could, we could look back at this trade deadline, uh, you know, just sort of to put a bow on the trade deadline and focus now on the – uh, you know, the stretch run in the, in the playoffs, obviously, um, there were yeah, some, I would agree there were that. some, I think, you know, there it were was, some blockbuster deals. There were some big names deadline. moved. A lot of different um, things that happened that we definitely, I don't, but I don't think saw. there was anything, uh, you know, but you well, know, I think this will be the trade. Obviously full of the, the one name, the one the player we all thought away, was definitely going to get moved. Shohei Otani didn't. And I think that, sort of I wouldn't say put a damper on the trade deadline but it it sort of took it took a little bit of the wind of the sails out of the trade deadline I think just a bit nope Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully come this winter, uh, you know, hopefully come this winter, the Angels aren't sitting around and going, God damn it, we should have traded Otani. Um, hopefully, I really hope not, because Angels fans, you deserve it. Um, yeah, I just think because we had, I mean, there was all this, I mean, we talked about it. Last year was Juan Soto. That was the big name that everybody is. And obviously coming into this year, there was all the speculation and all the predictions. Where's Otani going to go? And then the Angels just kind of went, yeah, actually, on second thought, we're going to hang on to him. And that really, yeah, that made for a really interesting, a really interesting deadline season. So, um, all right, everybody, thanks, as always, uh, for your mailbag stuff. Keep that stuff coming to us uh, either via email at eighthinningstretchatgmail.com, on Twitter. Yes, I'm still refusing to call it X. I'm sorry. Um, at eighth inning pod and of course directly on Spotify. So, all right, let's um, let's real quick talk some must watch games. Um, we've got a we've got a rematch of last year's ALCS, the Astros and the Yankees. Uh, we've got the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. That's gonna be that's always fun. Obviously, division rivals. Uh, White Sox Guardians. That's a good one. Um, Dodgers Padres, another rematch from last year's playoffs. But cards in the series that I am keeping my eye on is the Mariners and the Angels. And let me tell you why. Uh, it is no secret to anyone who's listened to the show with any frequency that I am a big fan of the Seattle Mariners. They are my sort of uh, second team, I guess, behind, you know, alongside my Red Sox, obviously. Um, and right around this time last year, right around the trade deadline, the Seattle Mariners were in a very similar position. They were outside of the wild card looking in. Uh, they had just gone out and made an yeah, enormous splash of the very, trade deadline by trading for Luis Castillo. Interesting thought. Uh, granted, very admittedly, the Mariners did not keep, make a big splash with this year's trade history. deadline. But Carson, it was uh, right about I'm this time last year. They were in basically the same position. Uh, they had a series against the Angels. Uh, they had a fight against the Angels. A bench is clearing brawl uh, against the and Angels, will and be then they went off like a Roman candle Mets. after that. Um, and but 
I'm not saying history is going to repeat True. itself. Uh, we do have a tank, but I like the chances uh, of history it makes repeating me feel bad itself because Adam Wainwright's smiling picture is staring at me. Um, but it is the St. Louis Cardinals and the Colorado Rockies. Twins. Yep. Oh, that is a good one. And the new look Orioles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, ugh, poor Car- there's I mean, no doubt about that. The Rockies fans, let's be honest, you're used Ryan to your McMahon, team being please. a tankathon. Um, Cardinals fans, not so much, but I feel like the Cardinals have been in a lot this year, which, oh man, I, I just, I feel so bad for Cardinals fans. My heart just breaks for you guys. Um, yeah, that sucks. Um, oh yeah, I mean, and the Rockies have... I don't know, man. I feel like the Rockies have lost a bit of their watchability with no CJ Cron and no Randall Grychuk anymore. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, how come Ryan? I'm surprised. There's a name. You want to talk about moves that oh, didn't I get named? There's a name I thought for sure was going to be moved to the deadline. I thought Ryan Man was. You know, because the Rockies have no clue how to manage their talent or their prospects. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, poor Ryan McMahon. I mean, um, true, but I think. People, all right, those are our much I mean, games in our tankathon. Uh, Carson, I know you have so. a Twins rant, so I will, <laughs> I will give you the option if you would like to do the Twins rant. Why don't Why don't you, before, you go ahead? Why one last thing, or if you would like to go second. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, wait, wouldn't that? No, wouldn't that be the opposite? Wouldn't that mean you'd want to go first so that we can end the show on a more positive note? <laughs> it's up to you. Yes. Yeah, I think they do. Um, um, yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, well, mine is, I actually thought I was going to have a uh i thought i was gonna have a i thought i was gonna have a red sox rant i really did because i thought they were going to uh completely botch the trade deadline i thought you know they were gonna make some they were gonna make some boneheaded move like trading alex verdugo because i saw his name floated and stuff like that um but um as it turns out uh the red sox didn't really do a whole lot of a lot of everything anything at the deadline they didn't trade alex verdugo thank god um they didn't they they didn't really do much of anything um and normally that would that would send me into rant mode uh like my illustrious co-host over there but in this case um i'm actually once i got over the initial disappointment of oh man they didn't you know they basically stood pat. 
I realized um, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, we've got Trevor Story coming back. We've got uh, Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock coming back. Um, maybe Chris Sale. We're not sure. Um, we might see Chris Sale again at some point this year. Um, and actually, I looked at that and I went, okay. The Red Sox front office looked at the team as is, a team that is very much in the playoff race, a team that has no business being in the playoff race with the way they've been up and down and all over the place this year and how inconsistent they've been until uh, as of late. They obviously looked at that team. They looked at the team. They looked at where they are and they thought, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to roll with this. Um, and that was, I like it. And it was, that was very, that was refreshing to me because a lot of times I feel like not just, I mean, my Red Sox in particular, but a lot of times I feel like teams get crazy at the deadline. They look, they look at the standings and they go, Oh geez, we're, you know, two, uh, two and a half, whatever games out of the wild card spot. We need to do something, you know, we need to make some blockbusters, some crazy blockbuster move. a team where that's and very much a bad thing. Ladies Red Sox and gentlemen, didn't, I apologize and I'm proud of them. once again, the break in player positivity, but I say, screw it. Yeah, let's the roll with this and see what happens. The part of the show where down the stretch about his favorite baseball team. So, in case yeah, you guys couldn't I, tell I, from my very, very hidden appearances to it, the best moves are the ones um, you don't make. And I this on Twitter that, that I was not very happy with case, my Minnesota Twins uh, after the trade deadline because they did absolutely nothing. Now, normally, I am the kind of person that tries to stay mellow about these things. I, I tried to look at the positive side, I swear. But let me tell you why this frustrates me to absolutely no end. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians sold off their basically their ace pitcher and their first baseman and basically said, here you go, Minnesota. You're in the lead. We don't want the division anymore. It's yours. Take it. And in response to that, the Twins uh, decided to pull the, 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 best, the best analogy I have is that the Twins are like the person who's pouring themselves a glass of milk and there's not enough to finish the glass off or to finish their glass. So they just take a little bit and have somebody else instead be the one to pour the last of the milk in. They were just the timidness coming out of this front office is unbelievable. And yes, did they go out at the 2022 trade deadline, make moves <laughs> that I was universally praising on this show one year ago? Yes. Did all of those moves basically come back to backfire in our face? A hundred percent of them did. Maybe not Michael Fulmer. That was still a decent trade, but whatever. The two main ones for Jorge Lopez and Tyler Malley absolutely blew up in our faces. So yes, I get that the front office was probably a little bit timid. But at the same time, <laughs> you very well knew from... Let's not forget here, AJ. This team... This Twins team was swept by the Kansas City Royals the day before the deadline. Swept by the Royals. Made Ryan Yarbrough mm -hmm. look like Sandy Koufax on the mound because this team can't hit left-handed <clears throat> pitching to save their life if there was a gun to their head. So the the two things that I said on this show that the tw I would like to see the Twins go after were right-handed batting and relief pitching. They did neither. There were plenty of options on the market that weren't exactly the highest-priced guys. 
we could have easily paid the price that the Diamondbacks paid for Tommy Pham. We could have easily paid the price that the Brewers paid mm. for Mark Canna. Heck, we could have paid the price <laughs> that the Marlins paid for David Robertson. But did we do any of that? No. This front office decides to pull a Yankees and believe, and that sentence makes me filled with such disgust, by the way, feels that this is the group that is going to get it done, and mm-hmm. that should terrify us as Twins fans. Yes, did they go out that night and win their first game against the St. Louis Cardinals? Yes, they did. Did they go out the night after that and get shellacked and Joe Ryan let up four home runs? Yes, they did. So for for me, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, if you boys are listening, which at this point I don't know why you would. I've bashed you so many times on this show. Come, come, in, come in real close for me for a second. There is nowhere left for you to hide. The hot seat is you are the ants <laughs> to Twins fans magnifying glass underneath the hot sun. There is nowhere left for you to hide. If this is your group that you think can win this division, there is nowhere for you to hide. If we do not make the playoffs this season, AJ, I want everybody gone. I want Levine gone. I want Falvey gone. I want Baldelli, the manager, gone. Because something will have gone seriously wrong, and at this point, there is no other buck to pass than right at the doorstep of the front office. I, I honestly, I never liked him really. I did not think that the firing of Paul Molitor was justified. I get that you want to bring in your own manager, but I, I still don't really understand how you could fire the guy after he had just won AL manager of the year. Oof. And breathe. Um, really, Baldelli too, huh? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Rocco Baldelli is never somebody that I thought is... Not a former player that I looked at and went, yes, that person, that former player would make a good manager. Um, Yeah. Um, No, I get it, man. I get the frustration. I really do. I get it. Um, Yeah, I was when (laughs) I mean, and I was I was watching the wire. I was watching the feeds, you know, everything uh, on trade deadline night, obviously. And um there were, I mean, there were, there were three teams. Well, there were four teams that I was watching closely. I was watching the Diamondbacks, obviously. I was watching the Mariners. I was watching the Red Sox, and I was watching the Twins. And I went, okay, like any any second now, news is going to break about the Twins and nothing, crickets. So, um, yeah, our our teams, <laughs> both of our teams stood pat, but one of them, <laughs> one of them definitely shouldn't have. So. Um. Yeah, that that just sucks. Um, on to lighter subjects. Uh, 
in case you have all been living under a rock, we have a 100th episode coming up. Um, if my math is right, uh, should be the beginning of September um, that we'll be recording that. Yeah, we've got um, uh, we've got some things in the works. Um, let's see. We talked will, about the we talked about the which, you guys uh, voted. You know, uh, we're, and, we're still we're still uh, working everything out. To but be um, voting on let's just your say that um, I may be outnumbered. Um, an all century team starting with two thousand. Um, so we will have a. Uh, a ballot, an all-star type ballot thing uh, available for that for you soon. Um, also, we've got some other surprises in store. Um, Carson, I think we may be joined by a special guest or two for our 100th episode. Oh, do we? <laughs> yes um a couple oh, yeah. of the we guests go all out a couple I mean, of the guests that we're trying to get a couple of them milestone. you folks already know uh because they've been on the show before one of them the other one well the other one you know or you should know if Good you point. listen to the show because i've talked about this person uh several times um and uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to spoil it. Um, let's just say we've got some we've got some awesome stuff cooking for you guys because I mean, come on, man, it's our hundredth episode. We gotta we gotta we gotta pull out all the stops. It is, yeah, it's big. Um, of course, <laughs> we can't pull out. We can't go too crazy for one hundred because then how will we ever top it? So. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, we've got some, we've got some really cool stuff cooking for you guys. Um, keep your eyes peeled to, uh, to Twitter, um, uh, at Athening Pod on Twitter. Keep your eyes peeled there for the, uh, the link to the ballot for, to vote on your all 2000s team. Um, and once we get some more. Once we get stuff a little more etched in stone in terms of guests, um, we'll be we'll be dropping some more hints about those. So, um, all right, yeah, Twitter, Ethan, at anything pod. Make sure you follow us and turn on and click the bell to make sure you get notifications to get the latest from us. Um, you can also obviously reach us at anthonyinktreasuregmail.com where you can send us your mailbag stuff, your suggestions, your feedback, all that fun stuff. You can do that directly on Spotify. Um, you just click on the episode page, uh, and it's right there at the bottom. Um, and something I keep forgetting to mention, and I don't, I was really good about this for a while, but I keep forgetting to mention it. Uh, you can actually, one very rare thing that Twitter has done right through all this whatever um you can actually listen to the show directly from our twitter page you just go to eighth inning pod on twitter um and right at the top of the page there's a link there it says listen now and you can you click on it and it pops open uh your spotify so um takes us right to us on spotify for you guys so that's really cool um and as always don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors over at printer dudes uh they are your one-stop shop for the coolest 3d printed gifts 3d printed toys and collectibles uh on the interwebs and as a thank you for being a fan of the show you can use promo code home run 
That's one word. Yeah, and absolutely. Off and order make sure that you guys strap in. Obviously, we'll be, we'll be with you to go over all of the different stories and injuries breaking news as we is not only a wrap on the trade deadline into the playoffs, and of course, it's also a wrap on episode eighty-one. It's going to be a lot of closer to one hundred. You guys will stick around with us and enjoy the We are now officially in the stretch run of the baseball season. It's all. It's it's all hell breaks loose from here on out. Uh, division races, wild card races, pennant races, um, and we are that much closer to October. Yep, it's going to be a blast, and we're going to be here for it all. Um, and in the midst of it, we'll have our 100th episode for you guys uh, to celebrate um, a huge milestone uh, for us and for you. Um, yeah, that's all we got for you guys. Um, everybody have an awesome weekend, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.